right, this morning we are going to start a new series, and it will go on for three weeks. All right, I thought it would be two, but from uh, the extent we went in previous services, it will take three weeks to be able to explain it. But before I get into the message, I want to read a testimony someone sent, all right, on um, the manifestations. She called it um, My Shekinah Glory Encounter. And she says, and this was, she sent this, I think, on Thursday. Uh, good morning, Pastor. I was just documenting my God encounter in my journal this morning, and I felt led to share it with you. Early last week, um, I was going to pick my daughter from school and was enjoying a session of prayers for myself in the car. There was some traffic descending into the school car park, and while I was praying, the Holy Spirit asked me to pause what I was listening to in the car and pray for the school and children. I was going to postpone it because I was in the middle of prayers anyway. But I kind of felt this was how to learn. This was how to learn to yield. So I did what I was prompted to. I started looking at the kids coming out of their classes, going into their cars right in that car park. I was moved to tears and kept praying and declaring over them till I left the car park and moved right into my own, back into my own prayers. Then she said the next day, my husband did the school runs or school pickup, and they came back later than normal. And when I, he got home, he told me there was a lot of traffic going towards the school because two containers had fallen from the truck into the school car park. She says, Pastor, I froze. Can you put up the photograph? All right, somebody sent that to what happened now. All right? She said, Pastor, I froze. Now, I was testifying, and somebody who works, actually works in the school, sent this to me from Lekki when they heard the testimony. Said, I froze. All right? Then asked what else he knew. I saw the connection immediately. I started thanking God because in my heart, I knew there would be no casualties. I called my daughter's class teacher to get more information, and she said, the car park was empty at the time of the incident, and only one car was affected, and there was no one inside that car. We got a letter from the school later confirming this was the incident that took place. God did come to me, and I am so glad I obeyed. Now it has strengthened my faith to look out and be more yielded. And she said, God is so good. And that's how the Shekinah glory works, all right? It will always interrupt. It is simple, but it will always interrupt your regular, all right? That means it comes in without taking into cognizance what you have planned. And a demand is made upon you at that particular moment by God because he knows, all right, that once you take this step, it will always lead to a supernatural breakthrough. That is when you are living on the cutting edge and you'll see tremendous things, all right, that come, that will come out of every act of obedience um, to that. So I said we should just um, share that here. All right. So this concept of fruitfulness in our lives, right, through the rainfall, uh, during this uh, three-day fast that just, uh, we just concluded yesterday, and this morning I saw an usher, and I said to her, you've lost weight. She said, it's the fasting. Then it just occurred to me. 
that uh, we've spent 13 days this year fasting, all right? Which means it's almost one third of, of the, yeah, fasting. I haven't come out of 21 days. It just occurred to me. All right? That during the fast, while I was praying uh, one morning before uh, the 5 a.m. collective prayers, uh, God showed me clearly uh, inside my heart. He said, and, and we fight on it, I didn't just want to call the year and say, this is a year of un unlimited happiness. Just be saying what, what you think sounds nice. So I was silent. And he said, what I'm going to do this year, all right, is that I'm going to cause the rain of heaven to fall upon the lives of the people, uh, bringing powerful restoration, uh, bringing increase, uh, bringing an abundance of all things. Um, uh, so we want to examine this. What we want to look at is what essentially is the reign of heaven. What does it mean? Uh, number two, uh, what are the conditions we must have in our lives for the prophetic word to come to pass? And then the conditions we need to create and then the things that we must avoid that can hinder the rain from falling. We've got to understand that when God sends his prophetic word into the lives of his people, uh, that word is always will only come to pass when the people cooperate with God for its fulfillment. And that cooperation means they create around themselves the environment in which or the conditions that are necessary for the fulfillment of that word. Prophetic words don't just happen automatically. You have to cooperate with God. It takes faith for the fulfillment of it. And that means you create the conditions in your own life that will allow God express himself fully within your life. And Christians have to beginner to appreciate that, where, uh, this particular thing of doing proper evaluation. Uh, God himself, after he had done his work, the Bible says that God examined his work and did evaluation there and said, this is good. And then one, he says, it is not yet good. All right, where he says, for man to be alone. And so what we do that is not proper or right is that, for example, all right, we don't examine things. Okay, we, let's say we have a conference like Wafbeck and prophetic words come forth. Now, 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 what we should really do is that when you examine the lives of the people uh, to find out how many or what percentage of the people had uh, that prophetic or those prophetic words fulfilled in their lives. Uh, so we don't just come back doing the same thing again the next year. All right, when authentic prophetic words come out that are authentic, uh, and you say that it's only materialized in 5% so of the people, so what you want to do is to examine the lives of the 5% that the word of God was fulfilled in them, uh, and, and to look at it and examine it, all right, the 5% there, and then you find out that they did certain things to find out what is common in the lives of those five percent. For example, you could see this lady here writing a testimony 
and even in this first statement, tells you how she approaches the things of God. She said, I had a journal, and I wanted to document in my journal. That means she writes out her experiences with God, all right, and that allows you to meditate upon those things, look at the work of God, evaluate those things. You have it somewhere. You can receive encouragement from those things. Five years ago, I challenge anybody, if you write notes from messages, you go back, all right, to five years ago, messages you wrote down, open them up, and you will be stunned at the things that you wrote. In fact, you will be amazed that there are certain things you wrote down that you can't even, if somebody repreached the message to you, you would have said this is new and fresh, all right, because those things have slipped out of your consciousness, which means they are no longer operational in your life. Uh, so it's important we do that and examine. And so what we want to do in this next three weeks is to find out the conditions that must be satisfied within our lives in order for the reign of heaven to fall ceaselessly within our lives. Because it is possible, all right, for God's word to be fulfilled in some people's lives and not fulfilled in other people's lives there. We all might shout hallelujah and amen, which is good. Uh, but what we have got to do is to examine, uh, to look for the conditions. Uh, for example, in Amos chapter 4 and verse 7, it talks about the rainfall, but it was selective, all right? It says, and also I have withholden the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So he says this rain was almost falling in patches. One piece and one place got rain. Another place did not get rain. You looked at the place that didn't experience the rainfall was withered. You looked at the place that experienced the rainfall and it was fruitful and it was turning into gardens were coming out all right, right there. And it was like selective blessing there. Now it's because... One part, God is no respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't do things, all right, based on whether I like this person or I don't like this person. Uh, there are certain principles, and, and the people that walked according to those principles got it. Uh, we see in Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 16, it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem, all right, uh, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king and the Lord of hosts and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And this is really the feast we are talking about in this message in a hidden way. And it shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. Verse 18, and if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. So he was saying there are families that did not come up to worship the king in the feast of tabernacles. Upon all those families there, he said there was no rainfall. Those that came up, 
had the rain there. So there are certain things that we must look at. So I'll start out first of all by showing uh, some of the effects there of the rain upon our lives. And I will advise every single person uh, to gather all scriptures that talk about the promise, all right, of the reign of God in the life of his people and the effect of the rain. So you have the picture or the evidence right before your eyes of what God is set to do. Look for scriptures that have rain and look for scriptures that have showers there. Even at the beginning, for God to mold man, he said that because there was no man on the earth to work, for he had not caused the rain to fall upon the earth. And then the Bible says, some dew went up and came down to the ground. And when the ground was now made pliable, which means soft and all of that, God came and molded man. So from the beginning, rain had to fall, all right, in order for any form of work to be done. So you search there. Uh, go into it. It's easier now. In our own day, we had a very large, strong concordance. Serious matter. Tiny print. And then you'll be looking here and checking the scriptures. Now you can just go on the internet, so please don't be lazy about it. Or I don't say, Pastor, give it to us. No, 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 no. It's part of the spiritual exercise you should do. Go up there. You know, I learned from somebody. He said, an elderly man, he said, he, he used to do a test. He was on television uh, in America. And every, every so from now, now and then, he will come up with an English word and ask the people that, do you know the meaning of this word? And then he will say, I will not tell you. He said, because if I tell you, you will forget. But if you go and search for the answer, you will never forget it. All right? So if they just present it to you, just put it somewhere. But if you do this work here, you will know that you are doing work. In other words, you go on the internet now and put Bible Gateway, all right? Put on Google search. And then when it comes out, in the search engine of that website, put rain. And then you will see 250 scriptures. That's the work now. Now you will go one after the other. Because everyone doesn't talk about this rain. And you will select that. And then you will go to showers. And you will see some showers that have nothing to do with this. And you will diligently. Because as a minister of God, if you want to preach on any subject, we were taught in school that you open the concordance and every single place where that word or that subject was in scripture, you list everything out. Sometimes you have to search through 1,100 scriptures. And then you list out because your teaching mustn't contradict the context in which that word was used anywhere in scripture. That is the only way you can have accurate teaching. So it's this discipline that you have there. All right? You can't start teaching and say, I want to teach, for example, on grace. And then you get somewhere and, and you see what they said about grace and that's the end of your message. All right? You, you are trying to push something and you're talking about faith and you see something about faith, you know, your revelation, the one you are coming with has ended. So you can't do violence to the word of God and that's how with scripture you make sure you are balanced and error free. So I'll just look at a couple of scriptures here about what the reign of God will do. In Joel chapter 2 verse 22 to verse 27, be not afraid, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. It says, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. I'll be glad, therefore, you children of Zion, rejoice in the Lord, 
for he hath given you the former rain moderately, while he will cause to come now upon you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. What's the effect of the rain? And your floors shall be full of wheat. In other words, fullness will come in. Your fat shall overflow. There will be an overflow with wine and oil there. It says, verse 25, I will restore, which means there will be a restoration of the years that the locusts have eaten. So if, let's say, in your career, your business, it went south one time, curveball was sent in, you lost certain years, your peers have moved up. It says, this year, I will restore all of those things with that rain there. Verse 26 there, and then it goes on, and you shall eat, it says, in plenty, and you will be satisfied. And praise the name of your God, because he has dealt wondrously, so God will deal wondrously with you. You will be thoroughly satisfied in your heart, and my people shall never be ashamed. All right, and it tells us that. And so we also find in Deuteronomy chapter 11, from verse 11 to verse 14, for the land whither thou go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys that drinketh water of the rain of heaven. And tells us the land which the Lord thy God careth for. So you experience the care of the Lord and the eyes of the Lord your God are upon it. That's a very powerful thing. All right, but we can't get into explaining it. From the beginning of the year, all right, to the end of the year. It means whatever you are doing cannot be stopped by any force of darkness or any person. And it shall come to pass if you hearken diligently and serve him and love him with all your soul. It talks about the fact that I will send, verse 14, I will send this rain here. It says in deuces in the first and you will gather in. So it's a feast of ingathering corn, wine, oil. And then in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, verse 12, it now goes on and tells us again about this rain here. And it tells us that I will open up my good treasure, the heavens, and give rain to thy land. And what does that mean? I will bless and to bless the work of thy hands. And thou shalt lend. So you get to a place of financial independence there. It says you will lend. There's self-sufficiency. Your ground brings forth abundance. All right. And you will not borrow. But there are conditions. And we've got to understand this. Prophetic utterances. That's why in the natural they will say this law. All right, but it will be conditioned in physics at STP. In other words, standard temperature and pressure. The condition for the fulfillment of it. I mean, the children of Israel were given, uh, there's nothing more powerful than this. God said, I've given you this land. He said, I swore by myself. When God swears by himself, what he's saying is, if this thing is not fulfilled, I will have to self-destruct my existence is based on the fulfillment of this. Nothing can be more certain than that prophetic word. But God said to them, he made it very clear to them, he said, all right, what has happened is the conditions you have created around yourself by murmuring, by complaining, with the evil report, he said, Moses tell them, as long as I'm alive, whatsoever I hear them say, that shall I do, all right? So you cannot bring the condition of this nation into your life for a prophetic word to be fulfilled. Do you get what I'm saying here? You can't bring the water on the outside, inside the boat you are in. That's what many people are doing. The boat will sink, all right, and all of that. And so they murmured about the environment, they complained, they brought it into their heart, and God said, 
they will know the breach of my promise. God said, tell them. They will know what it means for me not to fulfill my word that I've given to them. So it is condition, all right, upon things. So, first of all, in understanding what this rain is, in order to be able to appropriate it, what does this rain, what does it really mean? I want to make it very clear. So it is clear in your mind, right before your eyes, right, the meaning of this and the steps you are to take and what you are not to do, all right? First of all, what does it mean? Because there are two types of rain described. It talks about the former rain, and then it talks about the latter rain. So two rains there, rain quotes now, right, will fall. Two types of rain will fall in your life this year. What does that mean? Start with the New Testament to show that it's also in the New Testament, the rain, all right, two types of rain. James chapter 5 and verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. So the coming of the Lord will come, it will be this way. Behold the husbandman, a husbandman is the gardener, the farmer, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. So what this will bring forth is the precious fruit, precious, all right, pricely, fruit of the earth. Things will come into your life that will be rare. Have long patience for it until he receives, which means there are two things he knows he must receive, the early rain and the latter rain. Joel 2.23, it says there, I will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain. So what does that mean? And the latter rain in the first month. And one of the effects of this former and latter rain is, I will restore the years the Kankawam has stolen. Now many of us confess that. But what will produce that is the former and the latter rain. And then in Job chapter 37 and verse 6, it speaks again about the small rain and then the rain of his great strength. For he saith to the snow, be thou on the earth, likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. He called one the small rain and then he called the second the great rain of his strength. So what's this rain all about? Now, we understand, all right, or we should understand that everything that is in the spirit realm has also a natural parallel. That's why Jesus, when he was going to teach of the kingdom, said it's like a sower that went to sow. Everything in the kingdom has a natural parallel. So, naturally speaking, we have former rain and we have the latter rain. Now, the former rain precedes the planting season. In other words, the essence of that rain to the farmer is that immediately after, we plant seeds. All right? The latter rain precedes the harvest of the seeds. The former rain brings about the seeds or the seed time there. The latter rain, all right, produces the harvest in your life. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 23, all right, confirms this. Then said, then he shall give thee the rain of thy seed. So he calls it the rain of thy seed. That thou shalt sow the ground withal, 
And then he says, and the bread of the increase of the earth. So there's the rain of thy seed. And then the second thing is the bread, all right, which is the, the harvest that came from the increase of the earth. And it shall be fat and plenteous, all right, in that day. And your cattle will feed in large pastures. It is the rain of the seed. And then it talks about the bread of the increase of the earth. Okay? So the first one there is seed there. And so the way and manner in which God moves in our lives is that it, Paul spoke about, I have come in the demonstration. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4, it says, my speech is in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Uh, so there's first of all what is called the demonstration of the spirit. And then the second is the demonstration of power. Now, the demonstration of the Spirit is internal. The demonstration of power is external. In other words, the former reign, God is working supernaturally, but not visibly inside you. The latter reign, God is working in a spectacular way on the outside, fulfilling what he has done inside of you. So God is at work in you, and then there's the working out of your salvation. The outworking is spectacular. The inward one is supernatural, silent, very powerful. The foundation for the external. And the reason why people don't get the external is that they don't get the, they don't, they don't understand you have to receive the former in first, which is the ministry of the Spirit within. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.